Blog Talk Radio. Tune in to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Good afternoon, America. Today is January the 29th, 2014. Man, uh, it seems that this year just popped up out of nowhere, and now we are well into it. The 29th day of January, with two days from the month of love. So, with that said, we are going to do things over the next few programs that are centered on you not only being happy, because I think a lot of us are going through the motions of being happy and being honest, we're walking around here uh, almost somewhat in a comatic state, feeling a bit apathetic, uh, feeling a bit, you know, like, uh, you know, it can't get no worse, but it can't get no better. I mean, that is not life, man. That is mediocrity. It is the best of the worst and the worst of the best, and there is no way on earth that you have been designed to live a life uh, that is stuck on stupid. When I started doing this series, the first thing that I thought about, I, I met with my producers, and we're doing some things uh, in the coming months that are going to be very much so centered uh, less on the celebrity factor. Not that we're not going to have some celebrities on this show. We are. Uh, we're going to still keep some of that coming but uh, I had a talk with my management and with my producer as well as with my agent, and all of them said the same thing. Dr. D., these people are tuning in because they, uh, some of them can't afford to pay you, so at least by listening to the show, they can get what they need. And I don't mean pay me, but what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of us need some outside help, man, and with the economy the way that it is, uh, some people are just in single-parent families. I mean, it's, it's hard out here. And I want to do everything in my power to make your life better. I know for a fact that you deserve to be happy. And if you agree with that, we are on the same page. Now, let's get into today's program. Without any hesitation, all of us have at one point or another, currently are in love with somebody, something, or some situation. If you noticed what I just described, it went way beyond being in love with an individual. I said we're in love with somebody. I said we're in love with something. And I said we are in love with situations. Well, that's a hell of a thing, isn't it? Have you ever felt like you were living out that movie Groundhog Day. That's a, if you haven't seen this movie, it is really funny. Um, Bill Murray is in this movie where every day he gets up 
And the same crap happens again in the different date on the calendar, too, where it, it, it will have you cracking up by, I guess, three-fourths through the movie. He finally comes to this conclusion where he just walks through all of these things. He says, well, now that's going to happen, and it does, and now this is going to happen, then it does. And that's where a lot of you are right now. You are nuts about somebody that uh, is not really all that crazy about you. You've let all the red flags and bad signs slip through the radar until the very day that your self-esteem, self-esteem or your common sense says, you know what, I actually do love myself and I've had enough. And finally, you muster up the courage to do something about it. So even though it hurts you, you actually grow some cojones, you get some balls, pardon my expression, uh, and you finally make the decision that now you are ready to get this situation back to where it should have never been in the first place, and that's with you acting like you're a human being that deserves to have someone love and treat them the way that you're treating the other person. Well, here's what we're going to talk about today. Lots of you, and especially women and a few guys, you get to this place in your relationship where you're, you say, you know what? I am tired of you calling me stupid, tired of you hitting on me. I am tired of you picking me up late and you're driving my car. I am tired of you having time for everyone but me. And then you actually grow up and become man or woman enough to take that sorry situation that you have allowed, underscore the word allowed, and willfully participated in, you finally get some common damn sense and you say, I'm tired. You're going to sleep in the other room. You're going to get the hell out of my crib. I'm leaving. You can keep the crib, keep the damn dog. I mean, you finally grow up and realize this is dysfunctional. And then right when that happens, all of a sudden, Mr. or Miss Elusive, Mr. or Miss who was calling you an idiot last week, who was telling you how stupid you were and how much they didn't need you and how you wouldn't make it without them, all of a sudden they noticed that you have awakened from your comatic stupidity and said that I am not going to do this crap with you anymore. Then all of a sudden this individual who has been taking you for granted, who's been calling you out your name, who has not had time for you, turns into your sweetie pie. All of a sudden, they start complimenting you. They start doing all these loving gestures. They buy you flowers. They plan a vacation. They take you to the dinner. And, you know, just it's almost like they're bipolar and you're bipolar too because your dumb butt thing believes this crap. And then you finally come to this place where you go, you know what? Maybe he or she has come to their senses. So what do you do? You cautiously crack the door open to your heart again. And for a brief moment, you know, you are happy. You notice I said brief moment? Now, sometimes that that little charade can last for depending on how dysfunctional the person is that you're with, if they're really out there, 
that little fiasco will last maybe a week or two. But if you're married, if they figure, oh, snap, if this ball or this guy leaves me, I got to give them half my company. I'm going to have to pay child support. I'm going to have to pay alimony. Well, those people, especially those of you that are dating people that have a little money in the bank or that have a net worth and you have a few assets, all of a sudden that person is starting to do a value add and they're going, you know what, they played a Johnny Taylor record. It's cheaper to keep her and they don't want to let you go. Well, does that sound familiar? Wait, it probably does. Unfortunately, many married couples, as well as people that have been in long-term relationships, find themselves in that situation, and they literally get sucked back into a relationship that is not even fulfilling the most basic of their needs. And, and I'm going to tell you what this is. This is otherwise called the Hoover Maneuver or the Hoover Effect. What happens in the Hoover Effect is this. It's named after the vacuum cleaner Hoover. You get sucked back into a situation. And when you do it, all of a sudden, before you look up, here's this situation repeating itself again and again. And I'm going to tell you, this is cyclical, meaning it's a cycle, and it can repeat itself on and off for years. And here's what's going to happen. I promise you, just like I am black and shave my head, that if you stay in that mess called a relationship or the image of the facade of a relationship, all you are doing is delaying the inevitable because here's what's going to be up. The person that is playing that game with you, they're only doing it to get you back in check. Once they get you back to where you are, you know, you've gotten some attention, you bought into the promise that I'm going to change. These people are the worst kind of manipulators, or I'll even go as far as to say abusers, because, you know, even if you will, they don't change. You heard me? You will never stand on your head enough to make someone change. And the people that are standing on their head for you to keep you, suck you back in again and again, let me tell you something. Set boundaries. Now, I already know some of you people that are really sick in the head are sitting on going, yeah, but what if this time he really does change? Okay, I'm going to give you the signs so we can just get past that stupidity real quick. If that person really, really was going to change, they're going to come to you and voluntarily give you these things you've been seeking. I'm going to give some examples, okay, a few examples. Let's say you are a woman that's been dating a guy for like three, four years, and you want him to commit and marry you. And you finally said, you know what, dude, you are not putting, my, putting me on hold. And, men, we are notorious for keeping a woman in a holding pattern because we don't want anybody else seeing you pull your panties off or we don't want anyone else uh, sleeping with you. We don't want you, but we don't love enough, love you enough to commit to you. But we'll play this game. We will play this game. As a matter of fact, I know I did it when I got a divorce from my kid's mom. I didn't want her 
but I didn't want anybody around my kids. So whatever the reasons are, at the end of the day, just like I was being a selfish asshole when I did that to my kids' mom, that's what this guy is being with you, a selfish asshole that this woman is doing, is being someone, she don't want your check to stop paying that light bill. She don't want to stop driving that, that Mercedes. So she's going to do whatever it takes, or he's going to do whatever it takes to keep your butt sucked in. So here's how you can tell when it gets real, and I'm going to caution you. Sometimes people will even jump over the fence only for this to blow up later in your face, okay? First thing, if it's about commitment, and you've been saying to this guy, you know what, dude, four years, really, I want a ring. And this clown runs up and says, okay, and he buys you a ring. He acts pissed off and frustrated while he's doing it, but he gives you the ring. You the fool and he's the fool because that is never going to work. The other side is all of a sudden Johnny Sweet Chucks comes up and he's got a pink and white box from Victoria's Secret and he's got a ring. And he doesn't sit down and address why he bought that ring. I just saw this on Love and Hip Hop last week where Joe uh, went and proposed to Harry, and he pulled out all the stops. He had uh, in Times Square and had this big graphic going and invited her sister and all this stuff. And if you notice something, Tahiri had the sense to say, and she said, you know what, dude, this is really a big move. It's beautiful. I'm flattered, but no. You know, there's something about this doesn't feel right. And she was right because there was no conversation that ever addressed, you know what, I understand how I hurt you. I understand that me calling you stupid and not putting your name uh, um, on bank accounts or how me not being willing to go and spend time with your family or me not accepting your child like he's my child or she's my child. You know, all of these really significant things are never talked about. This person figures if I give this person a great enough performance, it should satisfy him. Well, hey, homie, pull your head out your butt. You're being manipulated. That's right. You're being manipulated. Another way that you can spot if they're serious is you don't initiate these conversations. Do not initiate the conversation. They should come to you and say to you, okay, honey, you know what, I'm sorry, me going out, staying out all night, coming in at 3 and 4 in the morning, and I'm a married man, I'm an engaged woman, uh, you know, that that's, that's really disrespectful toward you. That didn't come from the heart from them, and all they did was just say, I'm going to stop going out, I love you, and here's some sex, and here's uh, some jewelry, Again, you're getting pimped. You're getting pimped like a $3 hole, bro. You're getting pimped. Do not believe the hype. See, the problem with being manipulated this way, and one of the reasons it's so hard to uh, spot, is because we as human beings, we are psychologically vulnerable to getting attention from someone that we really want it from. So if it's this man you've been married to or this chick that you really like or this guy that you've been eyeing for a while, all of a sudden 
you feel as if your needs are being met and you're happy, at least even for a little while. And for some of you, some of you are so stuck on stupid and so unwilling to get out and take care of yourself, kept women and kept men, that you think, oh, this is great. Uh, because what, what's the real truth? The real truth is your behind does not want to lose the access to the money. You don't want to lose the access to the lifestyle. You don't want to lose the access to uh, the, the credit cards or whatever. Let me give you a wake-up call. As long as you have access to that junk, you're denying yourself access to what God is trying to give you because the reality is that a Hoover, a hoverer type person, I'll, I'll make it another way, a control freak that's telling you what you want to hear will give you just enough attention to shut your mouth, to get you hooked. And to be, you know the sad part of this? This person will may even play like they're going to go to therapy with you or whatever. They will do whatever it takes because sometimes these people aren't even aware that they are doing what they're doing. So here you go. You're in this on-again, off-again relationship with this person that wants to keep you in your life just because they want to maintain a connection with you and they really don't want anyone to have you. So here's the deal. I'm going to give you some clues that I want you to check and see if you are in an unhealthy situation. And if you are uh, any of these clues, especially if two or more of them line up to what you're living every day, you might want to back the hell up, all right? Here's the deal, clue number one. You start realizing that your relationship is just, you know, you, the, the person's not changing. You keep saying, uh, I need a commitment. You keep saying, you, this relationship is not equitable. We're not balanced. You know, you're, you know, how come my name isn't on the bank accounts? How come I don't know what we have? How come I don't know uh, who your quote-unquote opposite-sex friends are? How come I've never met them? Uh, you know, and again, I'm talking to people that are in committed relationships, if you're dating, you're just dating, first of all, people have a right to autonomy. And I'm going to add further to that statement is you don't want to end up with someone because you just dominated their landscape. You want someone, it's better, and especially ladies, please hear this. If you are dating an eligible bachelor, a single man, that has options, you encourage him to date because if he ends up with you, he's going to resent you, he's going to cheat on you. But if after dating he finds that you are the best fit for him, that relationship has about a 95 to 90% chance of working out. And the same thing for you guys. If you're dating a bachelorette and she's honest and says, you know what, I want to date people, I'm not ready to commit, and you guys go out, because here's how good relationships are formed. They are formed out of good friendships that are based on mutual respect where you allow this person to do them while you do you and you both 
decide to spend quality time together, and as that time proves to be more than quality, that you share interests, that you can work on a project together, you can support each other's lifestyles and each other's goals, you can trust each other with each other's resources, be they people resources, financial resources, and share things emotionally that don't get thrown back in your face, and this person tells you when your poopy stinks and when you need to get it together, you're headed towards something good. But back to these five clues. When you tell somebody, you know what, I need a little space, not leaving you, I just need to think before I go any further with this relationship. Now, this could be a relationship that's a marriage, an engagement, or dating. Here's what that Hoover person will do to you. That person, I call it, you know, the control freak, will try to keep things going on with you, even though you just said you need some space. Now, they may or may not suddenly start giving you compliments, promises, gifts, demonstrations of affection in order to keep you uh, and to keep this relation going, relationship going a little bit longer. But if you notice something, this person will still not make a commitment to you. They, um, because really it's not even about you. In their eyes, they will do the attentive things because it's all about keeping you or them in a place where they're comfortable and they are doing what it takes just to keep you under their control. The next thing you start know, you start doing then if you're stupid is you buy into these gifts, this added attention, uh, these promises that we're going to go to therapy, whatever. Now, when you do that, all of a sudden they act cool for a period in time. If it's someone you're dating, it may be for a few weeks. Somebody you're engaged to, it may be a few weeks to a few months. If it's somebody you are married to and you guys have a lot of money, it will go on for weeks and months. But, see, this is when you can test the waters. If that person is serious, they will back up and say, if you need a little space, let me give it to you. And they will respect your autonomy and continue to create special occasions with you, like nice dinners, time to talk. They will take the time to really do correctly the things that they were doing incorrect. Uh, an example is if the guy was going out running the street all night, he'll stop it. And he'll stop it even after you ask for this time apart. You, you could call and be like, oh, damn, you're at home. Well, babe, I told you I need to get a grip on that. So you'll see evidence or you'll see the guy saying, you know, I told you I was really wanting to commit to you, so I think uh, I'm ready to act like I'm committed to you. Or they will tell you I want this marriage to work, so now um, I'm going to lose the female friend that you can't meet or uh, let me introduce you to them, or 
uh, here's let me give you access to the bank accounts and not, and it's not access because see people if they give you that kind of access they can always take it away so when they put your name on the account as a joint account holder that is evidence of change the fact they give you some extra change come on dummy don't go for that one now keep in mind that sometimes people aren't even conscious that they're manipulating you. You know, some people may even be sincere and trying, but they have some issues that they are dealing with. And if you want to see if it's right this time around, what you do, you take a wait-and-see approach. You don't start getting in and thinking that everything is okay because Pookie, uh, your baby, took you to dinner and told you I love you and screwed your brains out. That's not it. Now, here's the second clue. If you're in a relationship that's on a damn roller coaster ride, you know, one minute it's on again, next minute it's off again, you spend more days confused and exhausted than you do happy, hey, look, let me tell you something. Love is complicated, but it ain't that damn complicated. No one in life deserves seven okay babies, let's try again. If you've had the same problem with someone for three times or more, you got a problem. And if that third time you need to come see me or someone that does what I do and complete the process, because I, I'll tell you, it was so funny. I had this last weekend. I had a couple call me, and this dude calls me up, and he's like, man, I really, me and my girl, okay, bro, okay. The guy makes the commitment to come in, and I say, before I see anyone in America, listen to this, before you see any relationship coach or life coach, they should do some diagnostics on you, like uh, Myers-Briggs, Form Q, they should do some, some other tests. I'm not going to disclose all the tests I give, but that being one of, because how can someone advise you if they don't understand how you think? or they don't understand how you process information. Because if they don't understand that, how can they help you identify your blind spots and how can they help you correct them, right? I mean, it's just common sense. So I told, I told this couple, I said, well, you need to do these tests. You need to do this, do that, and come on in. Well, all of a sudden, the guy, the lady writes me an email, I guess a couple of nights ago, and says, well, now he's saying he doesn't want to come because of what it cost. Well, to come see someone to fix the problems with someone you love, if it's under a couple of thousand dollars, which that's how much it costs to get some season tickets to damn football or to basketball games, or that's how much a good pair of shoes costs in a handbag to match for a woman, or that's how much a guy is going to spend uh, tweaking up his car or his bike, you're going to tell me that someone that you've gotten back together with three or four times isn't willing to invest in your relationship and invest in becoming more self-aware, self-actualized, and emotionally intelligent, that's a sign. That's clue number two. need to bounce. You're wasting your time. Here's clue number three. Let's say you find yourself always walking on eggshells. I'm going to ask you a question. How in the hell is that emotionally secure for anybody? If you are not feeling secure or safe in your relationship, you better not ignore that. 
there's a reason for that. Now, for some of you, and I'm, I'm just going to say this, for some of you, that could be your fault because you can't handle someone confronting you and telling you you need to grow up, which I've been there, so I understand. You know, that there, there were times in my life when I know for a fact I was so full of myself. Matter of fact, I'm going to be transparent with you guys. I remember a few years back, man, I was uh, unwilling to commit to anyone, but I was also very much so possessive. And I was talking to a lady friend of mine, and she said, you're a nice guy. I can't understand why you aren't married or you haven't found the right woman. And I made the comment. I said, well, the women, plural, that I'm dating, I just can't seem to find one that's enough of what I really want. And the lady made a statement to me that now in hindsight just seems like common sense. But at that time, was uh, it, it was a bit of a revelation. She said, women as in plural? And I said, yeah, and that, that got me to thinking, you know, sometimes we get in these mutually codependent relationships because that person or persons, in some cases, that you're dealing with always is there when you're horny or they are always the one that has that extra 50 or $100 that you need or they're always there to, for a lot of women to talk to you on the phone for hours about nothing. That is the worst mess you could ever find yourself in because what you're doing is you're creating a situation where you're not fully committed to yourself or anyone else. That creates the situation where you're walking around on eggshells, and when you're feeling that way, it's because you have not risked being hurt. You have not risked putting enough of yourself into one situation. And, again, let me qualify what I'm saying about this. If you're not ready to be in a committed relationship, that's one thing. But when you're telling two or three people, I love you, boo, and you sleeping with them and getting your freak on and all that, it's not them, it's you. And you're creating an eggshell situation where you look up and now all of a sudden you and this person are arguing. So when you and this person are arguing, you want to run to the person that you're getting along with that tells you what you want to hear. That's a sign that you need to walk away. And it's not so much that you're walking away from them. You need to walk away from your damn behavior. So clue number three is you've got multiple relationships going on or the person that you're dealing with. Uh, you know, and I, I love this, uh, this <laughs> love and hip-hop season. I'm not promoting that show, but it's so much dysfunction on it, you can't help but use it for an example. Uh, where you see this girl married this guy Pink or whatever his name, Pinky, I guess is his last name, and he was going back and forth with the baby mama drama and brought this innocent woman into that drama. So what ends up happening, he's got one foot in over here, one foot in over here, and, and probably receptive to someone else coming in too, and now you are having drama everywhere you turn. And that is the third situation I'm describing. Here's the fourth thing. When you have decided that you're ready to walk, you're trying to get your head on straight, and you got this control freak in your mix, this person 
doesn't fully want you, but they don't want you to be with anyone else. And they start putting a guilt trip on you because now you just want to be around your friends or your family. This person is now trying to take up all your free time and energy. Well, where are you going? I thought we were going to the movies. I thought we were going to dinner. Look, let me give you a hint. That is a sign that you are dealing with someone that has some deep issues that you will never solve. Because I want you to think, just consider this, can you give anyone 100% of your attention? Hell no. You've got to go to work. You probably have to go to school. You may have to care for an elderly parent or a small child. You may even have a damn dog that you just have to walk. But bottom line is anybody that cannot trust you when you're out of sight and all of a sudden you fall back into the spider web, bro, because the girl does have a body on her and she does know how to do things that, you know, kind of, you know, make your toes curl or, Young lady, you know, this guy, he does pay the rent now, and the car you're driving, he did get it. Maybe it's time that you grow your behind up and realize that you are dependent on other people for not only your welfare but your well-being as well as your mental and emotional happiness. So when you realize that the trade-off for you being in a relationship is that someone wants to take up all your free time and energy, or flip the coin, you want to take up their free time and energy, that's a sign that you need to go ahead and kick your situation to the curb and spend some time along with you. Now, here's clue number five, right? Um, you cannot handle the fact that everything comes to an end, right? But it's kind of like when you got a control freak in, involved with you, they want to put you in this honeymoon phase. And you've gone through it before. You've already been through this. You've already been through the boo, I'm sorry, baby, I love you. You've already been through the makeup sex and, you know, I hate you, but we're back together. And, you know, you know, we do that. Me and him do that. Look, both you and him need you some damn therapy. That is not healthy. It is not normal. And as we continue down that path, you're headed for destruction. This is a train wreck in the making, and especially when you know you've gone through it before. If someone in the past has treated you like shit, Julia, I know, I'm sorry, there's no other way to say it, but, you know, treated you like, you know what, no matter how much this person lays on the charm, but at the end of the day, you look up and you see, okay, well, did he put my name on the accounts? Okay, did she stop running out spending my money like she was pouring water out of a faucet into the ground? Is he, he stopped going out all night, but now I can't reach him during the day. Okay, uh, I don't have a problem with these phone calls coming anymore. Well, that fool could have gotten another phone, duh. They could have gone and gotten that track phone, duh. He gave you some more money. And he puts your name on the other accounts, but the balances are awfully low. 
Well, hey, Einstein, they moved the money to some other accounts and put you on accounts that they didn't give a damn about you bothering. You know, it's like, well, it's, okay, I'm going to put your name on the accounts, but I'm going to open some more accounts. Or this person all of a sudden, they didn't have time for you before, but now they got all this time for you? I'm warning you, you're headed for destruction. Now, going into this second thing, if you have gotten past all of that, I'm getting ready to give you ten things, ten things that you can do to move on from the hurt and pain of a dysfunctional relationship and into what God has waiting on you. Because here's the deal. If you met the perfect man or the perfect woman right now, what good is that going to do you if you are still hanging on to some fool in your mind? You're still going in and out of a relationship. You're still angry. you running around here acting like a scorched cat on Halloween. If you are still in that place, homie, you, I don't care what you got. I don't care how handsome they are, how good the sex is. You're going to screw up your blessing. So here are the things you can do to make sure that doesn't happen. The first thing, number one, get your pen and paper. Come on. Get your tablet out. Put your phone in memo mode. You ready? Come on. Get ready. You ready? Okay, here we go. First thing is release the regret. Stop dwelling on what you did wrong or what you could have done differently. Now, this may seem that is productive, you know, when I, you know, I always watch this with clients. They come, well, I want to talk to them about the past. Okay, you know what? To do that once may be constructive. But when you've done that like every week, three or four weeks, and you are sending someone text messages like you write miniature sonnets and novels and stuff, that's not releasing regrets. That's your behind being obsessive. You have to pull yourself into the present. Focus on what's going on in your life today. You know, often with people that are introverts, they want to hang on to the, you should have known how I felt. You should know I'm like this. First of all, with your introverted behind, no one is going to read your damn mind. So stop holding on to what someone else should have known about you when you don't want to get out, you don't want to make friends, you don't want to leave your house, and you want to build your life around your, your mate, your fiancé, your husband, your boyfriend, and your kids. Let me tell you something. You are suffocating people, and it's no wonder the hell they would need a break from you. No one wants to be in a parasitical relationship. So if you are constantly blaming someone else for your misery, it's probably because you have put the burden of them making you happy on them. Let me give you a hint. I said it earlier. No one can stand on their head enough to make you happy. Grow yourself up. Put your big girl panties on. Uh, get out your training pants, little boy, and forgive these people for not being perfect because the odds are you aren't either. Matter of fact, the odds my ass, you're not perfect. So stop and take responsibility 
for your contribution to your own problem and let go of the regrets, okay? Number two, forgive yourself. I've talked to more people. They come in my office and they're like, Dr. Young, you know, I am so mad at myself. I let her just take advantage of me. Look, you didn't let her. You chose that. You were for sale. And in order to get love, your little overweight butt decided you would pay her house note, her car note. You went and adopted another dude's kids trying to validate your need to be important in someone else's life. Oh, woman, stop all your crying. You didn't have to let this dude move in your house. You didn't have to sleep with this guy and not require more from him. You didn't have to sit here and give, 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 because I'm going to tell you something. Anytime you give someone money, if you can't afford to do it, don't give it to them because it needs to be just that a gift. I remember when I was struggling and starting my brand, I made the mistake. I dated a chick. She was like, let me help out. I want to help out. And the minute that relationship didn't work, first thing she wanted to throw in my face was, well, I did this for you. And to this, well, not to this day, I let go of that a long time ago, but being honest, be careful about allowing people to help you or give you things that you didn't even ask for because at the end of the day, they cannot forgive themselves for giving it to you and it's going to create drama in your life. And if you're the fool on the end of this thing of you help someone start their uh, beauty shop or you help them go to school or whatever it was you helped them do, forgive yourself for being so damn selfish and manipulative because that's the truth. You were being selfish and manipulative. And if it's you needing to forgive someone that you feel like uh, – hurt you, or let's say you did cheat on someone and you lost a really good person, again, forgive yourself. You cannot feel love again until you position yourself to not only give love, but to receive it. And you cannot receive love until you've forgiven yourself. Next thing, quit talking about how much time you lost. That's number three. I spent five years, look, they spent five years with you too. So it wasn't you spent five years, okay? Grow your ass up. It was not just your time that was lost. And if anything, how are you going to learn from this if you don't focus on the positive? Stop and think, you know what? I learned a lot from this last relationship. You know, I spent three years, I spent a year, I spent five years with this person. But in that person, in that situation, in those circumstances, I learned what I don't want. I learned who I am not. I learned where I need to go from here. So number three, quit thinking about you lost time and realize that it was a great investment in your growth process. Because you didn't lose any time. If you can lose something, that means you can go find it. So if you feel like you lost time, go find it. If you do find it, call me, me, you, and the Easter Bunny and Santa need to talk because you are living in a delusionary world. The next one, number four, when you start tripping and you want to have grief, you know, I have uh, a few people that I have currently in treatment. 
And one of them, all they remember is this bad stuff. Oh, and they did me so wrong. Get over it. Get over it. There were some good things. It may have been 20% out of 80. It may have been 80% out of 100. It doesn't matter. Just remember the good things and say, you know what, I do want to take this good stuff into my next season of life. You cannot have great roses without manure. You cannot have sunshine without rain. I guarantee you, life is about balance. So let go and remember the good things and stop focusing on the bad. Okay, that's number four. Number five, some of you, and I I can't get to this because I'm just not twisted like that, but if you are, I know someone that is. Remember who you were before you were in that relationship? Who were you? Were you a student? Were you a daughter, son, brother, sister? Were you active in the community? Were you pursuing your passions? Reconnect with who you were outside of your relationship. Anytime your whole life is about me and you and the kids and, well, me and him and our friends, get you some new damn friends. Quit building your life around other people because let me tell you something. If you keep that perverted, distorted mindset, you're going to just recreate that mess with somebody new, and now you've got a trail of fragmented identity that, uh, or having a fragmented identity, and there are going to be all these little pieces of you walking around. This piece of you, you were with a biker, and all his friends were bikers. And this piece of you, you were with an attorney, and all her friends were an attorney. So, yeah, I mean, be you. Stop trying to build your life around who someone else is when God created you to do things yourself. Number six. You know, sometimes breaking off a friendship may seem hard or a relationship, and you feel like, well, you know, but I spent so much time with this person. Okay, good. The new person that God is sending you is going to make that person look like crap, and they're going to make that situation look so much smaller than what God is trying to give you. Long as you remain just codependent and you keep wanting a specific type of person to enter your life, and you want this love and happiness with this type of person. For all you know, the person God is sending your way may be white and you're black, or they may be tall and you're short. They may be uh, 15 years older than you or 15 years younger than you. You don't know how it's going to work because I'm going to tell you this. Uh, If you don't create some distance, between you and what you think is going to be your life. And I'm going to show you this. I dated, when I went back to college, I was in pre-med. I was like 40 years old, man. I mean, I'm this non-traditional student. Some people call this old school student. I'm going to school with all these people that's like 25, 20, uh, some of them young, like I went to college, I was 16. So I'm at a university campus with people, all age groups, right? And I ended up dating a woman that went to another school that ran track. And the bus wrecked. She wasn't on this bus. I mean, the van wrecked, and her. Uh, we had broken up. The guy she was dating was on that van. He was killed, right? And she called me crying, and she said, I'm so angry with you. And I was like, why? 
She said, because if I was still with you, I would be happy not crying right now because the guy I was dating died. So I'm here to show you, you don't know how long you're going to live. You don't know the way that God is going to work in your life. So the love of your life may be this chick or this dude that's 10 or 15 years older than you, and you may be the one that's going to die first. Tomorrow is not promised. Live in now, but if you don't separate from your past, you will never see the unique opportunities that exist in the present. Next thing, number seven, you know what? I talked about stages of grieving uh, in part one of this show. If you missed it, all our programs are archived. Check it out. But here's the point. Losing a relationship, you do go through an anger stage and a bargaining stage and an acceptance stage. And, you know, you go through all these stages, and they're the same stages you go through with death, okay? So after you get over feeling shocked and the denial And after you believe it's over and you don't have any hope, then you feel hurt and guilt, and then you want to bargain, and what if you had done it differently? That's part of growing. Let yourself have these feelings. Don't run from them. But don't let yourself have these feelings and be running trying to get a new booty in your bed. You cannot grow if you are sleeping with other people. You cannot grow if you don't spend some time with you and God. And I'm not talking about this religious junk. I mean, really, God is not religious, okay? That's man trying to fashion God in his image, and man figures if if, if I burn a chicken three times a week, uh, I put uh, I make a sacrifice twice a day, or I do this or do that, that's going to bring, bring me closer to divinity. That's all bullshit. The truth is your relationship with God comes when you just spend one-on-one time alone and be quiet and meditate because the highest form of prayer is meditation. That's the highest form of prayer, meditation. Let God talk to you and stop doing all the talking to him. Allow yourself to go through being shocked and denial. Allow yourself to not accept it. Allow yourself to feel hurt, guilt, to be angry. Allow yourself to feel because only in feelings and only in embracing your feelings will you learn how to feel. The reason your last relationship ran out on you or didn't work was because you you didn't have any feelings. You couldn't express the good and the bad, and that's what you need to do in your solo meal time. Number eight. When you want to look back and go backwards, I want you to remember this thing. The one thing that is consistent in the universe is change, okay? Change. Embrace it. You know, I wrote a Facebook post uh, not too long ago that was about change. And when I wrote that post, it, um, I even had to read it myself a couple of times. But basically what it said um, and I'm going to try to do this thing from memory because you know when I want to talk about it, I can't find it, right? But the thing is is that uh, when you want things in your life to evolve, you have to stop resisting the inevitable. You know, as it comes to life, everything is uh, – one thing is certain, and that is correction. Life is going to correct itself, and that's what change is about. It's correcting 
all these things in life that are a little off track, like you cannot parallel park a train. And when God is driving the train, you best just stay on it. He's not going to let you drive. So instead of res- resisting the flow, go with it. You know, um, when you consider always seeing the good old days, quote, unquote, whatever that is to you, you're missing these wonderful new days. You're not participating in life. And I do remember this. I said, you know, one thing about being a necrophiliac, and that's somebody in love with dead things, is that you are basically turning yourself into a bottom feeder or a scavenger because those are the only things that feast on dead, decaying things. And as long as you continue to keep texting someone, talking about what they did to you 10 years ago, you've been divorced five years, why are you texting this person? about five years old stuff. Why are you talking about, you didn't hold my hand. So what the hell they didn't hold your damn hand. I wouldn't hold your hand either. Hold your own hand. Matter of fact, fold your hands and pray. You know what I'm saying? Stop living in the past because you cannot have a future as long as you're there. And and until you let the bitterness go, you will not set yourself free. And the people that you have mentally incarcerated in your thoughts, when you imprison them, you imprison yourself because you have to stand guard right in front of that mental cell that you had these people locked in. God is doing a new work in you. You know, there's a statement, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery. Right now, this very moment, today is a gift from God, so why don't you accept the present? That's why it's called the present. It is truly a gift. You know, um, I'm always saying life is too short and death is too long to be stuck on stupid, and it truly is. Now, number nine, recognize and replace the apathetic, fearful thoughts that you have because they become a habit, and, and anything that you make habitual becomes your truth. So all of a sudden, your truth is, I'm depressed. Your truth is, you know, I'm not happy. Your truth is, all men ain't nothing. All women ain't nothing. You can't trust a man. You can't trust. Yes, you can. The person you can't trust is you, because you are so embittered that you're running around here looking like Flavor Flav's chain. Every time somebody looks at you, that the clock that is not moving forward, stuck right over your heart, is the dominating is dominating the landscape of who you are. So imagine yourself running around with a flavor flavor clock with a calendar date on it as well as time, and it ain't moving. And I know it's some idiot right now going, yeah. But a broke watch is right twice a day. Sit your ass down somewhere. That's some bull crap. You have to move forward in life. Replace fear. Fear is what? False evidence appearing real. It really is. And then the last thing, embrace change. Let me tell you something. Nothing in life lasts forever. Nothing. I remember when my father died, I was at home and, you know, um, I went up the hall. And I've been in the room with that man all day watching him, you know, transition. 
And it, it's almost like he waited till I walked out the room and my mother was living at the time. And she walked up and she said, well, I think your dad just took his last breath. And I, I ran back to the bedroom. He died in my bedroom in the house I grew up in. And I looked at him and the most significant thing came to my awareness. It was my dad, uh, all of all 72 years of this man's life ended when I walked up a hall. And I was immediately reminded to being a little boy riding home from church in the front seat of his Malibu, and he looked over at me and he said, you know, I want the Lord to let me live long enough to see you grow up, get on your feet, and I want to know that you're going to be a good, decent, honest man. And that's what he he got, what he asked for. I was 22, I think, when Dad died, 23, yeah, 23 years old when my dad died. So I'm saying this to you. What are you prophesying in your life right about now? You know, I'm, I'm, and, 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 and just going into a recap of what we've been talking about today, don't let someone trap you with some of that old mess of uh, baiting you back in. You know, don't let these people, these Hoover, uh, they call, you know, they call it the Hoover maneuver is actually the term, is when, some, when you get ready to move on with your life and then somebody, you finally woke up, you finally woke up and said, enough is enough, and then this person all of a sudden they want to change. Let me tell you, they don't want to change. They don't want to give you half. They don't want to have to divide up the house and give you half the equity, and they don't want to give you half the company. So if it meant putting up with your ass a little longer and, and you know, smiling, skinning and grinning and getting you back on your high-flying disc again, they do it. Well, let me tell you something. People do change. So I'm not telling you to think that someone can't change. I'm not telling you people don't get wake-up calls because inevitably sooner or later we all do. But here's the truth. Do they bring up conversations on their own about things that matter to you? Or do you, if you're the one that's the control freak, do you do it? Do you stop and tell this person, you know what, I'm sorry. I have been an ass, you know. I've been going out with the boys or the girls. Uh, I shouldn't have called you a dumbass in front of the kids, a bitch, or, you know, told you how much of a man you're not. You know, do they all of a sudden taking up all your space, trying to make sure that uh, they soothe and calm you down, give you a few gifts of vacation, some sex, and then your dumb behind falls for this mess, talking about, well, he's changed. She's saying, no, the hell they haven't. Because if the change was authentic, it would never be by a grandiose gesture. It would be by be through consistent day in, day out. Series and sets of being aware of how they want to do things differently and given moments and given sets of circumstances. Because if it's really about creating a more stable relationship, doesn't change become a part of that? Because only a fool continues to do the same thing and expect a different outcome. So are you being a fool and letting someone pull a hoover maneuver on you? 
or are you just so what materialistic and so lazy and sorry and emotionally dependent that you don't want to step out in the world and be the adult that you should be at this season in your life? That's why you're staying in this dysfunctional relationship because you don't want your allowance cut off. You don't want to lose access to the credit cards and the lifestyle. Or maybe if you keep saying, God, send me the right person, have you ever stopped to think you have to be that which you seek in order to find it? Or do you keep going in and out this relationship where you got three, four relationships going? You got this person that's your ex over here the person you just met over here and the person that's trying to holler at you you're on the phone with. And now every time you look up, it's chaos in all directions because you cannot stop being part of a three-ring circus and you're the clown or you're part of someone else's three-ring circus, but you think so little of yourself that you would rather settle for 50% of uh, almost nothing rather than go and step out and trust God to get 100% of something. And then if you are having all your time and energy taken up, but last week this person didn't have time for you, have you lost your damn mind is what I'm going to ask you. Are you really going to fall for that again? You've already been in and out the same relationship with the same person for the last five years, three years, for the last year. You keep going in and out, in and out. Let me tell you something. Unless both of y'all are crazy, that is not normal. And you and I really need to talk. Now, getting back and, and closing this thing out, the ten things. One, let go of the regrets Because what can you do about the past? Unless you are an archaeologist or an anthropologist, live in the present. Because it profits you not unless those two things are your profession. And then forgive yourself, you know, because uh, you let him have that money. He took advantage of you. No, he didn't. Your butt actually was trying to be nice to somebody. And when you didn't get your way, now you're mad. Or this person that you screwed over, okay, now that you know better, do better. Move on. Let it go. The time you lost, they lost some time, too. So stop all that. You took five years out of my life. Bullshit. No one can take anything out of your life, especially time. You gave up your time, but guess what? They gave up their time, too. So change the way you see it and focus on the positive. Because until you look at it from that standpoint, you'll never move forward. And remember the bad as well as the good things. Because at the end of the day, not all relationships are all bad. There was some good there. And the good you want to take with you and the bad you want to learn from. Next, reconnect to who you were outside of that relationship. Because the relationship didn't define you. Let me throw this at you. Julia, we're wrapping in about three minutes. Uh, Here's what time it is. When that relationship that you're in (laughs) defines you, you lost yourself. Good relationships are two people that are functioning and don't need one another. Good relationships are two people that respect each other's differences and the things that they have in common, that value the time that the other person offers to freely give them, and you accept that because no one's obligated to spend time with you. And then you allow people to be free because if it's truly meant to be, set it free to come back to you. And the other thing is separate yourself 
from the past. When it's over, let it go. Quit going and dropping your draws over at this person's house. It's the wrap, man. Done deal. Let it go. And don't go backwards. Don't go back thinking, well, you know, that's my boyfriend from college, and your ass is 50 years old. You've been out of college how long? You know, you've been out of high school how long? Live in the present. Separate yourself from the past. If God let yesterday go, you need to let it go too. And allow yourself time with yourself. It's okay to feel hurt, shock, denial, pain, hurt, guilt. Because until you embrace all these feelings and spend some quiet time with you and God, you're just going to repeat history. You cannot put old wine in a new skin. So if you want to move forward, quit looking backwards. You know, there's a reason the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror. Did you know that? The reason is you need to look through the windshield consistently. It's okay to glance in the rearview mirror, but if the rearview mirror were bigger than the windshield, I wouldn't ride with you, and you probably shouldn't either. But that's how some of you are living, and I can't stop you. And then remember, there's benefit in moving forward. The greater unknown is where God is, and the lesser known is where you've been. So open yourself up to new possibilities and replace all of these dreadful, fearful thoughts with hope and expectation. And last, embrace the impermanence of change. Because here's the truth, man. The best way to transition into the future is to let go of the past. Remember this, and we're getting ready to get out, Julia. What you do, what you did yesterday, shaped your today. And whatever it is that you do or don't do today, you will bear the fruit or experience the absence of thereof in your tomorrow. Okay, with that said, let me give you a head up. Sunday night, we're going to have a show talking about love positioning and preparing yourself for real love and all the things that you need to do to make sure that when your Prince Charming or your princess shows up on the horizon, when they're part of the landscape, you are positioned not to screw it off and you're positioned where they can see you, experience you, and while you can be you and do you to have a meaning lasting, loving relationship with the love of your life. Anyway, that's today's wrap. This is Conversations with Dr. Yvonne Young. It's been a great day. Make it a great week. I love you. Talk to you soon. Bye now.